Hello and welcome to a Queer World podcast, where we will be discussing a range of topics and news across the LGBTQ plus groups and communities. I am Alex Lorena, your host, and today I will be talking about the rewards and the challenges that come with creating an LGBTQ plus community. So without further ado, this week's episode of A Queer World. Hello everyone, so today I would like to talk about how my experience uh, was uh, of creating a group um, that would be exclusively, uh, at least in its inception, uh, for the LGBTQ plus community. I am a massive nerd and uh, I love uh, games, all sorts of games, tabletop games, video games, you name it. I just absolutely love it. And uh, one of the things that I really enjoy is the ability to play with other people. So tabletop games, uh, particularly things such as board games or or Dungeons and Dragons or other role-playing games are really great for that uh, type of experience. And one of the things that I experienced uh, within... um, the community where I am is that there was a lot of interest, but a lot of people didn't really feel comfortable going to uh, just every other group that was out there, uh, particularly if they were uh, queer, uh, they wouldn't feel welcomed or comfortable playing at the table with predominantly straight male players. Now, this happens a lot in the gaming community uh, and not just with uh, LGBTQ plus uh, people, but also with uh, a lot of females that not always feel as included. I think things are changing quite a lot recently, but uh, there is still a device in there. So with that in mind, I've decided to create a D&D LGBTQ plus community for uh, the place where I live. So in this, in this particular case, it's Manchester in the UK. And uh, I was actually quite impressed with the interest people had in it. Uh, To give you just some context, when I first created the group, I believe in the first week I had probably around a dozen people joining the group. Uh, And you fast forward six to nine months later and we have nearly 400 people in uh, this group, which is solely for the community in this town. So I think that was quite uh, a shock to me uh, and he, its scalability came with a cost uh, and also with a lot of uh, considerations that I did not have in the beginning. So learning from my mistakes and wanting to share that with other people, I've decided to make this episode. So if you are thinking about creating your own group where you want to create a safe space for LGBTQ plus people, then probably you will want to take this into consideration. Now, that group can be anything and there are a lot of rewards uh, in it for you uh, and for your community if you decide to do such a thing. So if you just think about a hobby that you have, whether it is sports, whether it is, uh, well, games or either arts, crafts, any sort of thing they're really into. Once you create that community, what what you're doing is not necessarily singling out people based on their sexuality, uh, as a lot of people told me initially, but what you are doing or what you should be doing is creating a safe space for people that 
due to either their sexuality or other reasons involving their orientation, do not feel comfortable to partake in the same activities as their straight peers. Uh, I think one of the great examples that we have is there are a lot of uh, gay and lesbian, um, specifically uh, sports teams around here, uh, and I believe that there is a lot to do with a lot of those people would not feel comfortable playing uh, within a straight team, uh, probably due to the fact that they might fear being discriminated or they might fear that they might have to stay in the closet throughout the duration of their period uh, playing with that particular group. So with that in mind, uh, I've decided to create this meetup, uh, so it's actually on the meetup app, uh, and setting up a few games, new players' games, people that wanted to learn how to play, uh, and a few social uh, meetups as well, where people will just bounce ideas about uh, the things they loved about the game, and also, uh, for me in particularly, it was quite interesting to find out why did they join this particular group when there are so many groups out there, uh, although those other groups are not necessarily LGBTQ+. Uh, and the thing that really uh, amazed me was the difference between the males and females in my group as opposed to any other group I had experienced before. So I've always played with other straight people or other uh, people that not necessarily identify themselves as LGBTQ+. Uh, and... I tended to be the only uh, queer people at the table. Uh, and I, without a doubt, I, I can say probably in the last few years, probably had one or two women at one of those tables playing games with us. With this community, in the first game that I set up, I was the only man. Everybody else was uh, women and girls, and it was quite interesting for me, uh, uh, everybody in, we, we play in a store that um, allows you to book a table and play games there. So a lot of people go there to play that sort of, uh, uh, of games. And when you look around, all the tables are predominantly male. And my table was just females, apart from me. And you could tell everybody was just looking and thinking what's going on. Um, so the first thing that I did was actually understand why was that happening. And a lot of the girls told me that the reason why they've decided to join this group and why they were so interested in it was because uh, from their past experience, they felt either quite uncomfortable uh, at a table with straight men because they would uh, not necessarily treat them in the best way. Uh, they would feel a little bit um, uh, objectified and uh, in particularly within the gaming community, which in itself, it's already quite problematic at times, uh, they felt that there was a lot of lack of social skills and that put on top of dealing with someone of the gender that you're attracted to created a lot of uncomfortable situations. So those girls felt that being in an LGBTQ plus community with themselves being either lesbians, bisexual, transgender, whatever, uh, they felt that they could really be themselves because uh, if there were any men in there, they would be most likely, not necessarily or exclusively, but most likely gay. Um, although obviously 
there, there would be also some bisexual and transgender uh, guys and others that, that don't necessarily tag themselves into any of the categories, but they thought they would feel a lot more safe and comfortable. And that opened the door to hundreds and hundreds of girls to apply uh, and join uh, this community, which uh, I am quite happy about and quite proud to, to be able to look back and know that what I've done has enabled this group of people that never felt comfortable or that they had a safe space at a gaming table, now they can actually do what they want to do and have their own uh, uh, hobby uh, being uh, uh, satisfied or, or playing with other people. So there was uh, basically the context behind it. Now, the first challenge that I faced was uh, very early on, I believe it was on the first social, we had someone joining in uh, and uh, this was uh, a guy and he um, he was quite enthusiastic about the game. Uh, he was very outspoken, uh, but you could tell he was uncomfortable about something. And then eventually he, we started a conversation, we as a group started a conversation on the social about the reasons behind having created this group, making it LGBTQ+, uh, what defined us and what did we want out of it. So in terms of that safe space and people feeling comfortable to be themselves, role-playing their queer characters, whatever it was. And uh, so this guy, I noticed he was getting a little bit uncomfortable. And then he came to me and said, look, Alex, I'm going to be very honest with you. I am actually not LGBTQ+, I'm straight male. Uh, the reason why I joined this group is because I really enjoy playing this game and I couldn't find anything else in the area. And uh, I'm quite respectful of other people. Uh, so if you could let me stay, I just want to play games. I really don't mind. Uh, and I am quite uh, open-minded. So for me, it's like, like I don't have any issues if you guys don't have any issues. Um, and something as simple as that, it, it generated a huge debate. Uh, and a huge of uh, a huge internal conflict to myself, uh, whether or not I should let him stay in the group, and whether I was opening a precedent for other people to join the group that weren't necessarily LGBTQ+, and at what point would then we stop being that safe space that people originally were looking for. Um, so after speaking with some of the other members and a lot of reflection, in the end, we've decided to point him towards other groups uh, that were not exclusively LGBTQ+. He did accept it and he understood our reasons, uh, even though we still felt a little bit uncomfortable with it, uh, with, with having to tell someone to look for another group when ourselves, probably most of us, have been discriminated at some point in our lives for our sexuality and it kind of felt like we were doing the same thing to someone else uh, which is a horrible feeling knowing how it feels uh, but in the end of the day we had to ask ourselves why is this group LGBTQ plus and what is it that we want to get out of it and more than having a common goal common you know interest that everybody was connected by, which was the game, 
It was the fact that people could be themselves, they could feel comfortable, uh, they would join a table knowing that the people around there would be like-minded and would have gone to, through probably similar experiences and they would be respectful of who they were without judgment. Now, with that in mind, it is easy to start drawing that line and saying the reason why we are keeping this exclusively, L, exclusively LGBTQ+, is not because we want to exclude those that aren't, but it is because we want to keep it safe for those that are here. Now, the, the reason that, for me, there is a massive difference there is that there are a lot of groups, there are a lot of gaming groups out there, uh, and anyone can join those groups. So... Um, the difference between this particular group is that this particular group is for the people that cannot or do not feel comfortable sitting in a table with straight male, whether because they are female that had experiences in the past or even male that have been probably could have been bullied uh, by other guys and they just don't feel comfortable and they want to find a place where they can be themselves, where they can feel comfortable. And that made it a little bit easy to draw that line and justify and say, look, we can help you find a group, we can point you in the right direction, but in the end of the day, what we don't want to happen is in events where we have limited slots, for example, as well, we don't want to be taking away the slots for the community to replace it with straight people because that would just kind of beat the point of making this that safe space and that uh, opportunity for the LGBTQ plus people to be themselves. Now, this is one of those um, earlier on discussions we had around where to draw the line. And it was the only person that we came across. So it kind of like, you know, it just went by. Uh, the second issue that I came across was the sexualization of the group. Uh, and <laughs> with role-playing, obviously, there is there is a lot of different connotations to that, and not everybody saw it probably as a, a particular type of game. And when you throw in, in that Dungeons in the name as well, then you can imagine that it attracts a lot of people that probably are not really there to roll dice and uh, to play uh, uh, games with other people. Um, so I had a lot of people joining the group or messaging uh, with uh, sexual content uh, and basically just kind of like using that as a platform, uh, as a, a dating platform, really. So I had to act very quickly, make it very clear what the purpose was uh, and uh, start to ban a lot of those people that would be sending those messages uh, or harassing group members. And eventually we made it that we had to approve the applications for the group, even though people can see the group, but we had to approve the applications. Um, we had cases where people had joined the group, uh, they had actually attended games, they had met people there, and then afterwards, once they had made a connection with the other people in the community, they started then harassing them, sending them inappropriate pictures, uh, and... Uh, it became quite a difficult situation because um, it was clearly someone very troubled uh, and uh, it was in particularly someone that was targeting the girls, a girl that was targeting the girls, and uh, they were feeling quite threatened and we had to act very quickly, ban the person. 
And uh, once again, we all kind of like sat down, had a big chat about it and realized, well, actually, this can happen in any community. But I think with an LGBTQ plus community, you will have a much higher probability of having people joining it with uh, either a predator point of view or, or, or with a sexual connotation. And you have to act very quickly because if you don't act quickly enough, people will lose trust that this is a safe space and they will want to leave the group uh, and you'll just end up back where you started. So um, what I would advise strongly is that you put mechanisms in place, have very clear terms and conditions and a code of conduct from the beginning. Make sure whether your group is limited to uh, people of age, so 18 plus or 21 plus, depends where you are, uh, or uh, if, it, if it is open to anyone underage, you have to make sure that you are compliant with the legislation in the place that you're from. Uh, so we realized um, very quickly that we, even though the meetup app does, when you when you register on the app, it does tell you they have to be 18 plus, we didn't notice that we were getting people that were under 18. Uh, and by that I say, maybe probably like 16 year olds, a lot of them uh, were around that age. And at first we didn't really make much out of it. Uh, until one of them said, oh, would you mind if I tried to make a game just with other teenagers like myself? I would feel a little bit more comfortable. And then that just raised a lot of red flags and realized, oh, hold on, these people are actually quite vulnerable. Uh, we cannot have underage people here. Uh, this is going to be a, a quite uh, a legal issue. And for their own safety, we, we will have to ban them from the group. So we spoke to them directly and we explained, look, this is the situation. You are vulnerable in this group. There might be people that can join the group without us really asserting uh, the, the, the reason to why these people join the group uh, that might actually be trying to target underage uh, kids. So we will not be able to accept anyone in the rage in the group. Uh, and we've banned them. And we said, well, look, once you're 18, you can join again, absolutely 100%. Maybe look towards your, you know, your school board, maybe your Facebook page for your school, any sort of like groups uh, of other people around your age where you can form a group with, and you can still have an, you know, a safe space, an LGBTQ plus group. But make sure that you are not joining adult groups because in particularly groups that are uh, uh, have a bigger potential to attract this sort of like sexualization, uh, you have to be very careful. So there is a key consideration that I would really strongly advise is in make sure that you're compliant with the law, in particularly when in regards to underage people, and uh, make sure that you have a clear code of conduct and terms and conditions so that you can clearly, if someone breaks them, you can clearly say, look, you signed up for this, I'm going to have to ban you, and this is the end of it, uh, and you don't open it up for arguments in the future. Uh, now, the other thing that we have come across was, um, more recently, we had uh, someone who identified themselves as bisexual, uh, so they were a male and they were dating a female uh, and they were asking if they could bring their female straight partner to attend one of the events. And this uh, raised a question that none of us had thought about before. Uh, and whereas before we had a draw line, you know, it is exclusively for LGBTQ plus people because of 
all these reasons listed before. Uh, now, at what point would we then say if it was or not okay for someone to bring their partners if their partners are not LGBTQ+, but are actually uh, uh, with someone that is LGBTQ+. Uh, and after a long debate, we eventually agreed that uh, for social events, it's absolutely fine to bring allies, uh, partners, friends uh, that uh, don't identify themselves as LGBTQ+. Uh, but for our particular game, for our games in particular, then yes, we would still limit that and not allow them in, only because uh, they could still go to any other game out there. There are so many games, especially in this city, out there uh, where people would feel still welcomed, so they are not exclusive to anything. Um, but we want to keep these specifically for the community. And it's great to bring allies and to bring your partners and everybody else that you feel comfortable with, that you know that they will be supportive and will not make anyone feel uncomfortable. But the problem there that you have to consider is whether you have unlimited space, unlimited uh, position slots, whatever it is, for your events, for what your group is doing. Whether it's a football team, whether it's a gaming team, whether it's uh, going to the cinema, whatever it is that you're doing, just make sure that uh, you don't end up in a loophole where you can end up with more straight people than LGBTQ plus people if one person brings, for example, their 10 straight friends to this one event where you can only host 15 people, then clearly you're going to have an issue there. And the members might feel quite uncomfortable, leave the group, pass on the word, and so forth. So that is another key consideration, uh, in my opinion, that you should really think about is whether or not you have a limit of people that can attend your events, and whether or not you want to open it to allies uh, and to uh, friends or partners. Uh, so uh, as it stands at the moment, we are still uh, growing as a community, uh, but it does require a lot of attention, a lot more than I have experienced in groups before that I've organized that weren't necessarily LGBTQ+. Uh, or they were absolutely generic, uh, but with this one, it requires a lot of attention. You have to always be on top of it. You have to be on top if a minor slips through the net and joins the group. Uh, you have to be on top of uh, whether or not uh, someone could be sending inappropriate messages or targeting specific people in the group. Just give you a practical example, we had someone that said they were actually straight, but they joined the group because they were um, into uh, trans women only. And therefore, they thought if they joined this group, there would be trans women there. So obviously, A, this is objectifying trans women and uh, making them, uh, well, seeing them not as women, but as trans women is in itself an issue. Uh, but, but see, it's also quite predatory. When you think about it, the reason to join the group was not to feel safe, was not to find like-minded people where you could express yourself, uh, but you was to find what in an almost like fetishized way what attracts you sexually. Uh, and that was a big no-no. So all these sort of things you have to be on top of. So in my case in particularly, I had to uh, give up the administration of the group to someone else uh, that had more time. Uh, and I had to, to, real, uh, to admit and say, look, I don't have enough time to be on top of this. And I don't think I'll be doing fair justice if I'm not uh, uh, giving all my uh, free time to uh, 
support the community, which I wasn't giving at the time. I had quite a lot going on in my own personal life and with work, my day job. Uh, so uh, I've created this admin team uh, and then I asked one of the admin guys to completely take over the group and just kind of like step back a little bit uh, still organizing events still supporting but uh, knowing that I can't be on top of it all the time so if you are creating an LGBTQ plus group you need to make sure that you have the time to dedicate yourself to it if you don't that's fine uh, just make sure you find other people that you trust that you know have the same motivations uh, and the same principles as you uh, and understand the reason for your group to exist so that they can support you as admins in your group um, and really keep the uh, community going. Uh, it is, like I said, it is kind of like a, um, a, a two-edged blade. So, so you have uh, definitely a lot of good things out of it, but you also have a lot of bad things coming out of it when it comes to issues to address. Personally, I do not regret creating the group. I think what we've done as a group is really good uh, in terms of uh, including people that would have never had the opportunity or would have never felt comfortable enough to join a table, uh, um, to play the games they want to play, to try the, the hobby they've always wanted to try because of their sexuality or because of their sexual orientation. Uh, and knowing that we have created a safe space for them where they feel comfortable uh, is, is on its own already the biggest reward we can get. Uh, as we expand, we are still facing other issues, but we're also finding other rewarding situations. Uh, and I think um, as the months go by, the years go by, hopefully we'll have a lot more to share about it. But in a nutshell, my advice to you is if you are thinking about building an LGBT community based on anything that is a big interest of you or a sports group, whatever it is, just make sure that you understand why you are doing it. What is it that you want to take out of it? Is it because you want to create a safe space? Is it because you want people to find or to meet, to hang out with other people uh, that are also LGBTQ+, is it uh, for any other reason? Once you really understand why you want to do that, then you can define your goals and your vision, and this is why this group exists, putting it writing, get together some terms and conditions, some codes of conduct uh, that really safeguards you, uh, and then create that network of people that will support you if you can't always be available to make sure the group is being run uh, appropriately and in a safe and respectful way. Uh, and then think about all the considerations uh, and deal with all the issues as they come, uh, but always think of the vision and the goal of the group they've created initially. So when you have questions on whether or not straight people can join, whether or not we're being exclusive rather than inclusive, think about by doing this, how is it going to affect my mission, my vision for, for this group? Am I going to actually then exclude the LGBTQ plus community that felt unsafe out there by bringing in straight people? Or am I actually going to be bridging the gap between uh, uh, people uh, and hopefully uh, almost kind of like making it an all-inclusive group. And you can do that with certain groups. It really depends on what your vision and your mission is. You just have to, to, to get it very well defined from the beginning. And that's it for today. Thank you very much for listening and I will see you next week.